This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. Ladies and gentlemen. What's there, Mama? 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. How do you do? How do you do what? Show me the smile. If you can't play something nice, don't play nothing at all. Very nice. You can sit by me. Everything's so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, get up. Come on, get up. Where are we going? Up to Neverland. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. One kiss. Unless you beg for more. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Secrets of Disney. And today we're going to analyze one of those classic Disney movies. And I'm talking about Bambi. Uh, With me to talk about Bambi uh, are two co-hosts. Of course, we've got Deborah Shaben from uh, Florida in the United States of America. Hi, Hi, Deborah. Hi. Good to be here today. Absolutely. Also joining us a long-time fellow Dutch host, uh, Inge Lotz from Groningen in, uh, in, the, in the northern part of the Netherlands. And uh, what was the first... How old were you when you watched Bambi the first time, Inge? Seven or so, six. That's about the, the first yeah. First time uh, I ever saw a movie in cinema. So that's, uh, oh, really? You watched yeah. it in the theater? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was about six when I watched uh, Bambi, but it wasn't in this in a theater. It was actually in a school. I remember that uh, there was this public school. I wasn't a Catholic school, and it was a public school, and uh, they organized um, movie afternoons. And I think it was kind of a a, a way for them to uh, become popular, and so that kids would ask their parents if they could go to the public school instead of to the other schools. And so, but it was free for all. Everybody could uh, could join. And so I remember sitting on the floor of a big gym and they projected the movie on, it was still an 8mm film copy of it. And I think it was all in English. I don't even remember whether it was in color or in black and white or probably the the copy was was a terrible quality and so it almost looked black and white. And I remember there were no subtitles. Um, and so every once in a while the teacher, one of the teachers would explain to us what was happening. And and of course Bambi has almost no dialogue. So uh, <laughs> that wasn't yeah. much of a problem. And it Bambi was kind of a, has yeah. I'm sorry. Bambi no, it, has less than a thousand words through the whole movie. <laughs> less than a thousand words. Well it's still all those words were in English and we were Dutch so <laughs> but we got we we understood what was going on. And um and it made a ter- uh, an incredible impression on me. I-, I still remember it was the first Disney movie that I ever watched. And uh, it was an abbreviated version because, of course, you know, uh, an 8mm copy of a full-length movie was way too expensive. So we only saw the highlights. And the highlights, of course, being, you know, the birth of, uh, of Bambi and then the ice scene and then um, the death of his mom. And then I don't remember anything else because I was crying so much that... <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about the rest of the movie. Same with me. Uh, my mom told me that uh, after we went to the cinema to watch Bambi, I've been uh, upset for days because his mom was shot. So. Aww. Uh. I think that Steven Spielberg is uh, uh, mentioned once that, that Bambi, you know, had a had a, almost traumatized him as a kid, and he would yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and go check if his parents were still alive. Okay. I mean, that's that's it's it's a pretty difficult movie for for young kids. Uh, yeah. What about you, Deborah? What was your what is your first memory of Bambi? It was probably I was probably the same age Ingo was, and I hated it. 
because you know in fact i knew the um the death scene was coming up and i remember distinctly going for popcorn then oh so, <laughs> and i was six i'm like i'm not watching this you just so, skipped uh, over it <laughs> yes we was the um you know the 1980s version of fast forward and i just walked out and got some popcorn and came back a perfect popcorn <laughs> m- moment <laughs> yes <laughs> uh we have intermissions in europe so uh, we don't get to leave the theater when, when you're just sitting there and you have to watch it you can just close your eyes Hey, well, let's start with our analysis of the movie. And as always, we first want to know a little bit more about the genesis of this movie. And uh, Deborah, I'm sure that you can tell us something about how this story uh, came about. Was this something that Disney came up with or is there another origin of this story? Actually, this is based off of a, and the, uh, a novel by uh, and Felix, and I'm going to butcher his name. Um, what is his last name? Um, thank you thank you um yes very um but he's from austria yes so he had a very you know very uh ethnic name for what i'm concerned with i'm american so i don't know these things Um, it was it was actually was his his artist name his his official name was Sigmund salzmann um and so uh, felix salton is kind of his commercial name (laughs) and and he wrote Several books, and in fact, this is not the only Felix Zalton book Disney used to put in a movie, believe it or not. Um, he used Bambi, um, the uh, Prince of the Forest, and then he later he used The Shaggy Dog, also written by him. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, I didn't know that. Yep. So um, the genesis of the story was, um, you know, uh, the whole book itself is a nature piece. It's it's the original Lion King for those of us who are Lion King generation generation it's the circle of life i think so too. yes that yeah. that was the first thing that struck me when i rewatched it the other day i was yeah. like this is exactly like the lion king there's so yeah. many similar themes um, yes in so a way this- it's it's almost like the lion king is like a reimagination it's kind of the battlestar galactica the new battlestar galactica to <laughs> compared to the old battlestar galactica <laughs> for the science fiction fans among us i'm probably the only one sorry go on <laughs> did, did you know that uh there's also a sequel to Bambi, uh, also written by Felix Salton, yes, about, uh, about Bambi's children. Oh, but that's not the that's not the story that they used in the direct-to-video uh, sequel that Disney produced a couple of years ago, I think. Because that's kind of a... Huh, I've never heard the term, but it's a... And we won't talk about it in this episode, but we might analyze it later on just for fun. Um, it is not a prequel, it's not a sequel, but it's called a midquel. It tells the story that we don't see in Bambi, so it t- I think it's the story where you know, and and we'll we'll get to the the overall uh, story arc uh, of the movie later on. But it's it's basically what happens after Bambi's mom dies, and then B- Bambi is raised by his dad, and so there are a lot of daddy issues in Bambi too. But that's for another that's, that's for another and show. <laughs> and that's actually, if I, I'd be interested in seeing that, I haven't seen that yet. But in the original book. Um, there's a lot more about um, how the the great prince, who's Bambi's father, mm-hmm. actually does train Bambi to be exactly like him. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, when, when Bambi is hurt or when there's hunters following and he gets shot, you know, you don't see much of it in um, in the movie. You know, Bambi does kind of get shot a little bit in the movie, right? Yeah. But in the book... Um, the great prince comes and says, okay, we got to confound the hunter. So how we're going to do that is you're going to walk in a circle. And then once you've walked in the circle and their dogs can't track you, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a circle, you're going to go lay low for a few weeks while you heal. 
And so, you know, and then there's a lot more about how, you know, basically how to be a man or to be a Mm -hmm. a buck. (laughs) And then, um, you know, it comes and this is kind of the depressing thing that Americans don't like to talk about. But there comes a point where he tells Bambi, you know, basically, you know, it is your job to be alone now. You have to be alone, that you have to be a solitary creature of the forest. Um, You know, you can you can interact with people and make little baby deer. But, you know, for the most part, you'll be, you know, surviving alone. You're a Jedi now. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, um, uh, so Felix Salton wrote this and we're talking he uh, Felix Salton was born in 1869. Uh, The story was written in 1923 uh, and he was inspired because he was uh, vacationing in the in the Alps uh, and he was charmed by all the wildlife. He, He was from Vienna, so he lived in the city. Uh, but being out there, out in the open in the mountains, it gave him the inspiration for this story. And he, so he came up with this name, Bambi, which is not a common name. Uh, he, he invented it, basically. He based it on an Italian word, uh, bambino, which means basically baby or, or a small child. And that's exactly what Bambi is at the beginning of the, of the story. Yeah. Now, uh, the uh, the fact that um, Felix Salton was a Jewish writer actually um, had some consequences during the Second World War because this, this story was uh, published and then wasn't it Hitler who actually put it on the list of, of um, uh, forbidden books? Yes, yeah. it was burned. Oh, go ahead, Inga. Yeah, because that's what happened in Germany was if you were a shop owner, for example, and you were Jew, you had to put a sign on your window that you uh, were a Jew so people wouldn't buy at your shop. If you right. were a writer, your books would be burned and people wouldn't, weren't supposed to yeah, read Jewish literature. Yeah. Or, so, so Jews Bam- were yeah. completely banned from society that way. Bambi was, was banned uh, during the Second World War and uh, perhaps also, but I'm just speculating here, you could say that in a way, Bambi, you can read the story of Bambi almost as a metaphor of uh, or an analogy of, of the war that was going on um, it's kind of the evil you know man that that threatened the the the, the harmless uh, creatures and you know hunt them and then and, and burn everything uh, there's definitely uh, there are some war connotations in there um, and the invisible yeah, enemy could be could well be kind of a like almost a, a hint towards uh, the Nazis and, and towards Hitler yeah it's written in 1923 so that's I, yeah. No, but it's a a kind of the problem like, with with that anal- of, analogy. That of way. course, but it could be kind of the, like a rereading of that. I mean, you could use the okay. story to say, well, hey, this is we can read this as a metaphor or, or a, almost a fairy tale version of what's going on right now during the Second World War. Uh, but I don't know about that. The um, um, the uh, uh, story itself, however. Um, and I'm going back to Deborah for this because I'm I don't know all the facts, mm-hmm. but uh, it was pretty quickly um, uh, commissioned or, or purchased or the rights were purchased by, by Disney because he actually wanted to turn this into his second movie, right? Right. Well, and actually the original rights were purchased by MGM in the 1930s to make into a live action oh, film. Wow. But it was too complicated because of the sto- of the character development. I mean, how do you develop the character of a real life deer well yeah so, and how do you um, how do you train those animals i mean you can train a dog a cat is already a lot more difficult what about deer i mean that's i never heard of that yeah so the rights were sold to disney for a really cheap price um i think five thousand dollars were paid for the rights and uh 
1937, and it actually became the second movie in production at at uh, the studios right after uh, Snow White. But there's, and this is one thing that um, because the rights were so cheap, and mm-hmm. um, after it made all this money and you know became a classic, uh, blah blah blah. Guess what? Lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, the family came back and said, "We would like some more money." Because you've been selling this story based on our on the book that we own the rights to and for years making, and years and years. Yeah. yeah, and we're making you're making lots of money, and we'd like a little bit of that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was years later copyright issues and um, and um, a little bit of a lawsuit that followed this movie. Yeah, um, and I think originally the court um, upheld the Disney claim. Uh, mm-hmm. And in 1996, according to what I read on the web, uh, the uh, there was another court that reversed the decision. So I don't know what ultimately was yeah. the uh, the outcome of this, but I think that would be the final outcome because probably by mm-hmm. now they're like, yeah, just let them have it, <laughs> just let them yeah, take it. Yeah, it's you know? probably not that Disney's gonna suffer too much from <laughs> exactly. a little lawsuit like that. They can settle that easily. And well, and maybe that's a good thing because next month this movie comes out remastered on uh, Blu-ray combo pack so maybe yeah, the family will get a little bit of that action you know? Know. And when people are listening to this by the way it's probably already published oh, uh, we're recording right. yeah. this a little bit in advance but that, that's no problem that's a, yeah I'm, that's I, a, I forgot our, our little time warp <laughs> <laughs> the um, the production however turned out to be uh, mo- much more difficult than Disney anticipated and there were some more reasons that they that made them decide that they wanted to put this off for a while or at least continue to work on it a bit more but uh, so instead of doing Bambi, uh, they did Pinocchio, and and also Fantasia, and, Fantasia. and also yeah. Dumbo. I think was before Bambi too. So um, they they churned out a couple different movies, and not only that, um, also during this time frame, we're talking about from 1937. It took seven years to make this to um, the 1940s. There was a you know a world war going on, so he uh, Walt was losing people to. War and also writer strikes and animator strikes and Hollywood's mumbo jumbo, and um, so he had actually hired secretly people to work on this movie. Like occasionally, he would hire um, graphic artists secretly. Yeah, and then of course the movie came out uh, during the Second World War, which uh, hurt. I think the box office people were not. You know, there was a lot of anxiety, and of course. Because the war was going on in Europe, they missed that international market, which had been uh, a major factor in the success of uh, Snow White and uh, the other movies. And so um, the movie was re-released, I think, in '47, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so it was also released in Europe. And, and again, it was kind of difficult to, um, to turn it into a success. But, of course... With the re-releases over time, uh, it gradually turned into a classic movie. And I think that movie critics started to appreciate more and more the groundbreaking animation that that this movie pioneered. Um, and, and that is something that is, I think, one of the biggest qualities of the movie. It, 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 you see all this thing, and, and nowadays we take that for granted. We see those all those the the, the th- almost three D effect, which was done with the multiplane camera that we talked about in earlier episodes of this uh, podcast, where they can zoom in and and just you know move through the trees almost. Um, there are, is a lot of 
very naturalistic animation where you know you see the leaves you see uh, plants and, and that was all stuff that um the animators were not used to to do they they, they were used to doing caricatures and also the movements uh, if you look at a movie like pinocchio uh it's it's sometimes it's almost slapstick animation here they it had to look really natural and and as realistic as possible as far as the deer are uh, are concerned of course because of some of the other animals are kind of cartoonish and yeah a, thumper a is yeah the yeah. yeah a little a little more um liberty with the skunk and the and yeah. the rabbit but but the way that they did the animation the, they pulled it off uh in a magnificent way and i i was watching the movie the other day and i and i, I, I sometimes i was like what what am I watch, watching here? The the animation of the water and the it's just unbelievable. There's so mm-hmm. much detail in this movie. Uh, it, it just blew me away. Just looking at the, what what else the world was producing in terms of uh, animated movies. This was this was literally groundbreaking uh, uh, stuff. Uh, it, I think that what Disney did with Bambi is just as revolutionary, I think, to animated movies as what, uh, let's say, ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, was doing with Star Wars later on for the special effects industry and, and later on the digital rev- revolution. This this was a revolutionary uh, movie in terms of animation. Exactly, and Walt actually makes reference to that himself in, in an interview where he talks about how, you know, animators had always been drawing you know the human form but nobody had really tried a naturalistic form in animation it's much more complicated so um, they did bring in live deer to the disney studio a pair they were called bambi and Faline. Uh, they were and they were studied and then the animators themselves a few of them went up to maine and studied the habitat and studied you know wilderness just to get a feel for how the animation should be and um, and then and they, didn't they go? Himself. Didn't they go to the zoo as well to uh, kind of study the other animals that are in the movie? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and they they went uh, wherever they could find, you know, animals. So it, I and I, I think they did actually take some um, some pictures too. They did some um, some live uh, video as well, and they also did use live actors in one yeah. particular scene. They use some tricks. They, uh, go ahead. I was going to say. No, no, they, no. They, they use some tricks to actually pull off some of the more very complicated animation and uh, to make it work. They couldn't do it just by drawing. And, and so tell us about those tricks. Well, the, you know, the, um, the famous ice skating scene mm-hmm. was actually um, two actors who were um, uh, ice capade stars. So they went out and filmed these actors and watched these actors uh, skating to kind of get um, a feel for how people fall down and how Bambi should fall down and how, you know, how ice skating looks. So they actually did use live actors at that point for to uh, get inspiration for the ice skating. I'm not surprised because that that part is absolutely stunning the way they did that and it really feels like they're sliding on the ice and you're just like mm-hmm. I'm watching an animated cartoon <laughs> and there's uh, you know there's uh, there's no CGI involved here this is all groundbreaking stuff that they're doing here um yep. I think that there's, there's also, also something also with the, my impression uh, yeah. when, when I was looking at it for the first time or yeah a few days ago that I was forgetting that I was looking at a hand-drawn uh, cartoon yeah and I, I lived at the countryside for yeah for most of my youth, so we would have deer in in our lawn and 
in, in the garden. And the deer in, in Bambi move exactly in the same way as real deer do. So Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah, that makes you forget you're watching a cartoon. Yes. And, and well, and, and um, the other thing, and I, we were discussing this earlier, is that um, when they were animating Bambi, um, the, the problem with deer, <laughs> biologically, the problem with deer is that if, if you actually look at a picture of deer, um, the way their eyes are placed, it is like one on each side of their head because mm-hmm. their head shape. Mm-hmm. So there is, you know, their body, um, if you look at Bambi, he's pretty biologically correct as far as his body co- mm-hmm. is concerned but his head is actually a little more morphed um because they wanted to have that um they wanted to use two eyes instead of one you know right. they wanted to make sure that from different angles you could tell um that bambi had two eyes so uh, they made his head more of like a child's head and yeah. big eyes and you know, huge that. eyes move the eyes a little bit more towards the nose probably mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. i think that's why so many kids love Bambi. It's it's a very endearing, um, you know, a little bit of a cartoon version of a of a real deer, um, but very very cute. And uh, I think they also use a trick to animate the antlers, isn't it on um, on on Bambi's father, where they couldn't get it right. They couldn't. Oh, that's they right. didn't manage yeah. to yeah, do the perspective, an, and then a they, real a real pair, right? And mm-hmm. so they they filmed it from all angles and. They used a kind of technique to, yeah, rotoscope. Yeah, they rot- rotoscoped it in, which is basically yeah. you combine elements with uh, uh, through through a, and, and this is this is a very uh, laborious process where you know manually you kind of take the the element and put it in a, in a well, it's basically frame by frame. You you kind of project it on uh, on on your drawings, and that's how they they created that very stunning three D effect. And and there yeah. there is a lot of very convincing kind of 3D stuff in this movie just the way the camera moves and uh, all that um, is, is, is I think largely a, a result of the ambition of Disney to uh, push the boundaries of what is possible with hand-drawn animation and that's that's I think what, what makes this movie such a classic movie not just because of the story um, but, but, but because of the um, well, the, the advances in, in animation. That's well, what and, made Disney so great. And I think I read somewhere, and you know, I've read a lot this week on Bambi, so I can't remember where I read it. But um, for the movie itself, they actually um, used something like 2,500 colors for the movie, which is more than what they use for any other movie. So it actually has more color to it than and more detailed color than like Pinocchio or... Or uh, Snow White, which kind of fascinates me. Yeah, because of course we're talking real paint. And so every mm-hmm. color has to be mixed and has to be available also in <laughs> for in large quantities. And so uh, there was a whole division, I think, that was just kind of the making new colors. Girls. Yeah. yeah. And actually yeah. There, there have been a, a few mistakes because of the complexity, the color complexity of this movie. There have been some uh, known mistakes where animals will change color throughout in, in a scene. And then all of a sudden the, the rabbits look pink and then the next scene they're orange and so for the uh dvd release there was a of course these movies are being redone and remastered all the time uh but for the um 
not the the most recent uh, release the, 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 that is also on Blu-ray, but the the one before that, they color corrected that. So they went in digitally, which is I I think hmm, it's kind of at the fringe makes- of what you can do with a movie like that because it's basically you're you're fixing a problem uh, of the movie, but and and so you're not really watching the original anymore. Uh, yeah. But in this case, yeah. well, it's just a mistake. And and then I yeah. think there's a, at one point there are some more well-known. Uh, uh, mistakes animation-wise because you're talking about all these different cells of transparent plastic and laid over each other and sometimes they would forget uh, one of those cells, you know. (laughs) So there's one scene where I think an animal, I don't don't remember if it's a rabbit or some other animal, is licking uh, a, a baby animal and then... The 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 child the, the 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 baby animal just disappears just vanishes it's just poof it's no longer there and then the 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 parent keeps licking dead air <laughs> or it's just <laughs> I guess that's the stuff you know when you go through the movie frame by frame that's when you probably will notice <laughs> it's not something that's gonna bother most kids that are watching this <laughs> only you. Only you would uh, notice that kind of stuff, Father. Well, and only because I've read it on the web. <laughs> it's these uh-huh. nitpicking sites where they go through the movie and see all the inconsistencies. Anyway, well, it's, if we're, it's if just, we're gonna talk about, yeah, I'm sorry, ahead. not an inconsistency, but you were talking about some differences in animation. Is that um, for this particular movie they brought in a different style for animation that kind of is a little more controversial for European audiences? They brought in a Chinese. Um, animator to do the backgrounds hmm. and so they have a softer feel to them yeah. in certain locations if you look at the movie they have a very oriental asian feel yes. to them yes and, um, especially I, when they go to the meadow they, they yeah. show the meadow for the first time and you're like wow i'm looking at a painting it's beautiful but it's clearly it's not realistic it is a an artist impression of a meadow mm-hmm. uh, and there are more scenes yeah. uh the, the one there's this one scene where the uh Adult uh, deers are, are the the the, male, the the bucks. They are kind of galloping there through the meadow, and and yeah, uh, Bambi is looking at that. No, it's not a stampede yet. They're just kind of you know just uh, playing out, eating, yeah. whatever. And yeah. and Bambi is observing them uh, and trying to imitate them. And and that almost has a it's a very abstract uh, anim- type of animation. It's, it, you just see their silhouettes. And then mm-hmm. there's the, the scene where Bambi is fighting the other, uh, buck, uh, for, you know, to, um, to win back, uh, failing. And, uh, and there too, it becomes very, um, stylized and it loses kind of the, the very, um, realistic approach that the movie has at, at other points. So it's, yes, it's definitely a mix animation wise and stylistically. And then, of course, we got to talk about the the music because if if there is one thing that is radically different from the movies before and and even after, with the exception, of course, of Fantasia, it is the predominance of the soundtrack. This movie is what they call its music wall to wall. It starts with music, and the music just doesn't stop. Everything is punctuated by music, and oftentimes. There are no sound effects. The sound effects are done by the music. Remember the rain? It, yeah, it's, to it's, me, is my favorite scene. Yeah, I but love it's it. it's music. It's all music. Yes. All the, the and and the thunder. Uh, do we and know the, who composed wind. his music? Um, I'm just looking through the notes here. Oh, who there was? Yeah? Uh, Frank Churchill did the score. Okay. Um, but as far as the 
the actual because there's only like three um songs that are actually um have vocals to them which yes. is you know little april showers and sing a little um sing a little gay little spring song or something like that mm-hmm. and then br- i bring you a song or yeah. you know the romantic love theme um but the rest of it's all score by frank churchill wow and um yeah so the the three and and even little april showers if you're really a, a disney fanatic and you really want to go look this up you can go on to youtube and they have the original um concept art and the original song for little april showers and it actually is very different, so I kind of like the way they changed it. But it was more of a, a cutesy little um, number as opposed to a very um, cinematic um, sound scene kind of hmm. song. So if, if you're interested in that, a little more trivia, you can go and, and look at the original artist rendering for that particular number as well as the original song that was recorded um, for that particular piece. Yeah, it's it's the the thing that struck me is that it is very I mean it's daring what they did with the music because it was so different from previous movies and they're you know the songs are not sung by any of the characters it's a choir basically that is almost kind of commenting on the action and the the songs themselves are thematically tied to the story but they are not really part of the story it's more like a almost a poem that is sung as a it's almost like the. It reminded me of the choirs in some of the back, uh, you know, John Sebastian back uh, uh, versions of the of the Passion. You know, where where these choirs will just intervene and they will just reflect upon what the what what is happening in the story, and they'll just sing yeah. their little thing, and then and then the story continues. Well, and that's one thing that's different about this particular movie, as opposed to Snow White, as opposed to Dumbo, as opposed to movies that preceded this is that in the movies the characters actually sing in this movie the characters do not sing right and so um you have a bit of a different as far as um when i was thinking about this last night um this is what i think about at night when i'm drifting off sleep um this particular movie this music matches the theme which is a we're all in this together nature um not one voice standing out in particular but everybody singing together in, in harmony um, yeah, I, you're right. That yeah. was just me. That's, um, no, that's a good point. The uh, the choir, the, the choice to have the songs done by a choir, uh, kind of jives with the the forest animals all standing together and <laughs> the harmony in nature. Um, the uh, the music by, uh, was uh, received some some Academy Award nominations. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie got a nomination for best sound, uh, best song for Love Is a Song. And for best original music score, um, I don't think that they got an Oscar actually, but uh, it it shows that it was even at the time uh, a great appreciation for the the way the music was done. And of course, this kind of uh, it makes sense that this this movie was being produced at the same time as that they were working on Fantasia, which was this very ambitious project by Disney of mm-hmm. you know making a almost choosing music first. And then yep. illustrating it, uh, which again was a, was very experimental, very daring, uh, not really, you know, a, a commercial choice or decision, a very artistic uh, move, I think. And then uh, I, I would love to uh, analyze Fantasia in uh, one of our future episodes and see if the you know how much is that that movie has in common with uh, with what they did with. Uh, 
uh, with Bambi. Mm-hmm. I can also imagine that the 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 choice itself and the 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 whole uh, style of the movie it's a it's a slow story. There are lots of long musical sequences <laughs> where nothing really happens. You see birds, you see you know nature, but um, <laughs> and you listen yeah. to music, but there's nothing that keeps you on the edge of your seat. I can imagine that. Especially with the war going on, and then with the re-release, the war just being over, people were had some trouble kind of connecting to the story and um, and seeing the value of uh, of of that particular movie. Well, and, and and I actually was thinking the opposite. I'm like, wow, if if I had my my um, my if I was going through a traumatic experience such as a war, wouldn't it be a nice breath of fresh air to have a calm movie for a change where I'm not <laughs> excited? But um, yeah, drift, I thought drift you know, away and just listen yeah, to the music. Parts of Bambi and... really put me to sleep too. I have to admit. So <laughs> it is um, anyway. It, 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 it's a remarkable movie by because it's just so different from what we've seen before. Um, cool. Let's talk a bit about uh, the characters that we encounter. Um, of course, we've got Bambi, who is. Uh, the first main character, the young prince of the forest. We I, we actually don't get to know why he's called a prince. Everybody's um, like, be- wake up, wake up! The prince is born. Yeah, is that well, part of part that- of the original story or? Um- yeah, because the whole book of is um, you know, it's the circle of life. I, I hate to say mm-hmm. it that way, but it's the circle of life because, you know, at some point he's going to take the place of the of the great prince of the forest, which is the 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 uh, stag um, Mm -hmm. who is, you know, the uh, main deer in the forest. So, you know, maybe that's the thing is that he's, he's destined for this great position and, and um, that's why he's called the little prince. Yeah. It's kind of, we don't have lions in Europe, so we just take the deer. deer. (laughs) (laughs) My my question, because they start on, there's a new prince born Mm -hmm. and that makes you, well, isn't the lion the king of the animals? And, yeah, but again, this is an Austrian yeah. story. So, and, and yeah. by the way, now that I mention it, uh, this being a, an Austrian story, there actually was a little problem for the animators because the type of deer that uh, is in the original story is not available. It doesn't exist in the United States. Well, perhaps in a zoo, but the original story featured uh, roe deers. Um, the um, in in Latin it's uh, the Capriolus Capriolus <laughs> uh, lives only in uh, Europe and in parts of Asia um, and Scandinavia. The uh, the the type of deer th- that that you have in the United States are the white-tailed deer uh, mm-hmm. or the Vir- Virginia deer, and so they made they they decided to change the the deer because of course they needed live animals to kind of study and so uh, that's that's why um, even though the story is originally a European story the deer are definitely American deer mm-hmm. so Bambi well, is a proud US citizen that's right <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say well you know Walt took a lot of liberties with the story so it, it's mm-hmm. just a matter of you know he wanted character development in this story he wanted certain characters to stand out as opposed to the original story where it, it kind of, not that it doesn't play out the original characters, but it, it kind of also mutes them a little as far as there's not one character more important than the other. Right. And Disney well, like, introduced a few characters. other characters to, um, I think to probably kind of, uh, 
make the movie more uh, cater to a broader audience and 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 he so he didn't want the movie to be too dramatic too overly dramatic even though it is still pretty dramatic uh, and so i think that thumper and flower were introduced and and those weren't in the original story or were they i think flower was flower but, was i think yeah but uh, thumper was not thumper was added and the thing about thumper is that okay so they didn't they were going to give him Thumper a couple cute lines, whatever. But the kid who was playing the voice of Thumper mm-hmm. actually came in and and really like kind of won the hearts of the uh, you know the the people who made those decisions. And they decided to expand Thumper's character and Thumper's lines. Too so that, funny, yeah. yeah, yeah, because it, it really Thumper is the prototypical small kid that just wanders and says the wrong things and then gets corrected. <laughs> oh, I love, I love there's that. A lot of, there's corrected. a lot of charm in the young Thumper. He was no, called was Bobo, Bobo in the first draft. <laughs> I'm glad they went and with Thumper. And, oh, I was going to say, and it, the, the thing is, is that three years after they recorded the original voice of Thumper, they went back and they were like, oh, we need to add more dialogue. And they were a little afraid. Because they were afraid that the kid's voice had changed uh-huh. you know, from from six to nine, and they were very happy to find out that his voice hadn't changed very much, and they were able to record more dialogue for Thumper three years later. Interesting, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The um, there there was for me there was a little bit of gender confusion with these animals. <laughs> I know that Inga, you were a little bit like, "Whoa, Bambi is a boy." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, remember, remember, I was seven when I was uh, when I saw the movie for the first time, uh-huh. and I haven't watched it since. So last week, when yeah, Deborah drafted me to watch Bambi again, so yeah. I went to to rent the, the movie again. I put it in my computer, and I was watching like, it's a boy. I was like, oh wow. <laughs> well, I guess the, the name doesn't give you a clue because it's you know, if it was called Bambo. Bambo, played yeah, like by, Bambo. Some, voiced by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> then you, you, you know it's a boy. Oh, here we go again. Bambo. And the terror of the woods. <laughs> and then Bam, Bam, Bambo, I don't know. Yeah, Bambi. It, yeah. And then, of course, you got the big eyes and everything. But it becomes clear later on when you when you got um, uh, Faelene, who's introduced into the story. I, For me, uh, the, the confusion started with, uh, with Flower. And the, and the, the, remember the first time that Bambi meets Flower, there's this kind of like, oh, he likes me and blah, blah, blah. And there's this very female attitude. I mean, it's, it's just really disconcerting. I was convinced that Flower was a girl. And then, you know, after winter and spring and winter and spring, then all of a sudden we, oh, wait a second, it's a dude. Yeah, it's a dude. <laughs> or there's been it, some strange, mysterious winter gender change. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and one other thing about flower that bothered me is that, okay, they couldn't smell the skunk. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Bambi's sniffing around in the flowers and then he smells, all, he comes nose to nose with a skunk. And yeah. I'm thinking, boy, I would have smelled that thing from, well, you know, 10 but miles I guess, away. I guess that that, that is, European Kurdish. that is probably the store, the, 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 the message that that particular relation wants to convey is that Bambi accepts the skunk for what he is, you know, is not shying away, is not condemning him, and actually calls him Flower, which is a very complimentary name for basically a stinking animal, literally. And, there, and that adds <laughs> to your gender <laughs> issue because you give you give all these boy character girl names, and it's, it's yeah. kind of confusing. It you was very confusing. Pretty flower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, but you know, again, this is a movie for kids, or that that mm-hmm. that is very uh, appealing to kids. They don't. Wor- I have never asked those questions when I was a kid. 
It's now that I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> I don't think that I realized this when I was six. And I couldn't care less. So anyway, the young skunk is uh, is accepted by uh, his two friends, Thumper and Bambi, and and finds some confidence in that, and is a very happy skunk for the rest of the movie. Well, We're- and and you got to admit that Thumper really did teach Bambi a lot of things: how to speak, yes, top, yeah, bird, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so uh, Thumper really had a very good role in Bambi's life as far as education. Absolutely. We also meet, uh, of course, uh, Bambi's parents. Uh, at first, we only see his mom, his mother, and then later on, we understand that the big, impressive buck that is standing there on the, the rock, that that is actually his father. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a very intimate relationship with his father. There are <sighs> definitely some daddy yeah. issues going on there, but anyway, we'll talk about that later when we go yeah. into the thematic analysis of this movie. Uh, we also meet... Um, Lots and lots of birds, but there's only one that is really a character, and that's, of course, the owl. And I don't mm-hmm. know, does the owl have a name or... Nope, Friend Owl. Okay. That's about <laughs> it. But uh, he's kind of a, 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 a almost a, a grandfather figure who's complaining mm-hmm. about the noise that all these kids or these young animals make. Uh, a but grumpy, the, old... the grumpy old man. Yeah, but at the same time, he's also kind of bringing the, the, the animals together and warning them if necessary. Um, and that's about it. And um, so we, we we talked about yeah oh Faleen oh, almost yeah, skipped Faleen uh, important character definitely um, they uh, they uh, of course when you first see them as 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 young uh, fawn fawns you you know that later on they'll probably fall in love and that's exactly what happens later. But I th- find their interaction typically for um, boys and girls of a very young age. That yes. Um, when I remember when I was a kid, that boys were actually scared of girls. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's very cute how they depict that. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and there's even some awkwardness later on when they're like teenage deer. I don't know if you can talk about teenagers among <laughs> deers, but there's the same kind of. Um, 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 I don't know what attitude to take here. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And it's then that just, discovery of love. That yeah, all, you know, nature just take, takes yeah, over. Twitter paid it. Yeah, Twitter, I don't want to. Uh, we're not going to get Twitter paid it. <laughs> <laughs> and before you know it, they're Twittering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that why Twitter came? No, never mind. So, um, the um, movie also uh, used a few scenes or some work that was done for Pinocchio um, and that was kind of re they didn't use it in Pinocchio but they kind of uh, recycled it for for this movie I think the uh, the forest fire was originally in Pinocchio or part of Pinocchio yeah, it was part of Pinocchio and they and to this day they still claim that the forest fire scene is just not the best scene it's just there's something lacking in the forest fire scene that really um, I thought it yeah. was very impressive uh, the animation, especially if you look at the forest from from far away, the way that yeah. these flames move, I thought it was brilliant, brilliant animation. Uh, hmm. Anyway, that's just my yeah. Take. What do I know? I don't I don't draw, so I don't you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly better than what I could draw. <laughs> so, uh, what do we know about the the um, the original, the real Bambi and Feline? Did they survive the filming process? Were they? Kind of kept there, or are they walking around in Disney World now? Or well, <laughs> maybe the I imagine, barbecue, you don't know. Oh. I, I imagine um, once they grew up, um, they were released into Griffin Park, which is the uh, big park there in LA. Um, 
but I imagine Bambi and, and Faleen's, um, you know, ancestors still probably roam around the park. So. <laughs> there was a bit of, there was a bit of, didn't he keep a whole zoo for, for uh, study purposes? Isn't he, that, well, isn't that the, he did have, uh, I'm sorry, no, he did have some animals, but I think that would be hard to do in the studio itself to keep all these animals there, especially, you know, like when, when the deer got a little bigger. I mean, they were kept there for purposes until they got too big to control. But for the most part, um, if they're doing anything with animal work, they just ship the animals in. You know, everybody stands around them and draws them, and then they ship the animals out. Like they, you know, imagine for Lion King, they had to ship all these lions to California. That just, you yeah. know, it would, you know, they'd eat the animators. So well, and nowadays you just film them and scan yeah. them in digitally, and you know, it's exactly. so much easier nowadays. They couldn't. But do the animators that. actually did go and have a lion in the studio for Lion King. And a, and a lioness. Ah, so not that we're going to talk about that right now, but that's just standard practices to bring in the animal yeah. for just a yeah. eh, just for shows, and then yeah. You know, right. I, I, I asked that because I, I remember seeing pictures of animators uh, sitting there and just two deer, yeah, lying on the ground in the studio, and I was like, wow, interesting. Well, yeah. it just added to the realism of the movie. The movie was uh, there was a bit of a controversy when it was first uh, released um, and there were some protests from the hunters <laughs> because of course the story depicts the human hunters in a rather negative perspective even though we don't even see the hunter this is the yeah. only bad guy that we don't see <laughs> it's strange there's just and we it's never us. see him it's not even it's, it's us, us yeah. which is I, I told uh, you guys before that you know the reason I this isn't one of my favorites is because I feel so guilty when I stop watching this movie. Oh, yeah. Because I just immediately yeah. identify with one of a rat, one of the rabbits, and I feel I feel fine. Oh, okay, so yeah, I, I'm choosing the wrong character to identify with. Okay, that's so. fine. There's a little bit of a hunter in you. So the American Rifleman's Association made a public statement against against the film's depiction of hunters and asked that the film be prefaced with a pro-hunting statement. This is according to New Newsweek. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? Watching this movie and then the little, you know, the logo of the Pro Rifle Association comes up and then, I don't know, some, some actor steps into the screen and is like, uh, you're going to watch a movie that depicts hunters in a very bad way, but know that having a gun and hunting down animals is actually a very good thing. <laughs> it's the circle of life, you know? Um, well, and and, and I, I have to say that I grew up in a culture that, Hunting is a big deal that um, every November 1st, when deer season starts, it's like a holiday. You know, like there, there are meals, like special pancake breakfasts that were held and, you know, and everybody got their, their groups together and, you know, cleaned their guns and went out hunting for their deer. They watch the Blu-ray of Bambi and Bambi 2 and then they go out and hunt. (laughs) Yeah. They, you know, and then. And, you know, not only deer, but pheasant in, in Nebraska is where I grew up. So, but deer hunting season, and you have to have a permit. Don't think that you can go out and just shoot Bambi and, and uh, get away with it. You have to have actually a permit for that. No one so. should go out yeah. and, and shoot Bambi. Now, if, I can, so if I can give a detail about the stories from Austria. So, and the, the author, according to the, uh, the German Wikipedia, was uh, a very passionate hunter himself and he came on the to the idea of writing Bambi during a hunting trip. Oh, so, he's so not, he was not just walking around in the Alps, no. enjoying nature unfolding no. for his eye before his eyes. He was just hunting there. Yeah, 
And oh. also in, in that culture, um, of, uh, if you go there, there's always uh, um, all kinds of depictions of St. Hubert with a stag with a cross between his antlers. Yeah. You find, find it everywhere there. And yeah, there are those uh, Jäger fest. That's, that's kind of a yeah, hunting feast, mm-hmm. very similar to what Deborah described. So for me, it's a little bit far-fetched to just make it an anti-hunting propaganda story yeah. oh well but that you know yeah you notice with the, these details that the, the polit- being politically correct or the desire or the public pressure to be politically correct is something not just for for these decades it's something that's been no. around for a while <laughs> yeah but well, uh, and, then, and there's also the idea that you know not only do we eat the animals but the animals eat each other so you know you don't see you know you don't see uh the carnivores necessarily in that movie of, of the other animals that might feast on Bambi or or Thumper or you know not that anybody eats flour but you know there there's that whole um in the in the book itself there's this um that was taken out of the book or not even included in the movie there's the point where um you know one animal eats another but it's it's a noble death mm-hmm. you know this is just you know some somebody's like a bear's eating a pheasant but it's a noble death because that's you know, that's just part of the life of an animal. Right. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the reception of the movie. And then in our next part, we will go in depth and analyze the movie uh, bit by bit and see if there are some deeper layers in this movie. And, um, well, well, we'll talk about that later. But uh, first of all, the reception, as I said before, the uh, the movie wasn't a very Big financial success at first. Uh, lost, actually, money at the box office for the first release. Uh, for the re-release in 1947, it kind of recouped uh, most of the costs. The um, The Second World War, of course, hurt the box office numbers. Uh, didn't do that well in the, U- in the U.S. Um, the Euro- European markets were kind of close to the movie uh, during the war. And Roy Disney uh, sent actually a telegram to his brother uh, saying that, well, hey, we we barely made 4,000 bucks. <laughs> and uh, he was unable to make a deal uh, for the music hall to show the movie for a third week. So, uh, And then during the night, nobody wants, wanted to see the, the movie. Uh, the, also, the uh, well, the the controversy uh, from coming from the hunters was a little bit of bad publicity, although that kind of faded away pretty quickly. Um, and then in the re-releases, of course, the movie made a lot of money, and uh, that's still going on today. Mm-hmm. The uh, the movie is now nowadays seen as a classic. Uh, it's it's a you know uh, it's in the, the American Film Institute's ten uh, top ten of best classic American films. Um, the uh, Bambi's acknowledged as the third best film in the animation genre. Um, there was uh, also, of course, uh, a reaction to the, well, the whole theme of nature being threatened by mankind, etc. And so uh, it said that, that uh, Paul McCartney was uh, uh, was kind of converted by Bambi after watching Bambi mm-hmm. and seeing uh, the death of Bambi's mother. Uh, that that made him in, uh, become very passionate about animal rights, and that's mm-hmm. called the Bambi effect. <laughs> so it yeah. had had a lasting impression on a lot of people. And then uh, Bambi itself, uh, the the, um, parts of the movie or fragments of the movie were used in public service campaigns for fire prevention because, of course, there's a big forest fire. 
And then um, that was only uh, the, the the government only had a year, like a license to use it for a year, and then so they created uh, Smokey Bear. It was actually, uh, and this is according to Wikipedia, to kind of replace Bambi. Um, there's also um, a Donald Duck short in 1955 uh, called No Hunting, uh, where Bambi and his mother make a cameo appearance. That's interesting. Cameos from animated characters. And um, the uh, in, in 2006, uh, there was another series of um, public service announcements of the United States Forest Service that used footage from both Bambi and Bambi 2 for wildfire prevention. And that's about uh, all I could find about the reception and the influence of Bambi uh, later on. Is this, uh, uh, Deborah, is, is Bambi part of the Magic Kingdom? Uh, is, is, did did they do, you, any, do can, anything with the story? Well, you know, that's the funny thing is that now that you say that, I don't remember. There's not any Bambi characters. You can go out and meet There's no Bambi know. ride. No Bambi you, ride, you no Bambi movie. Um, pursued but by, by hunters. Bambi... <laughs> Like, you can go buy, like, a plush thumper. Like, you can go buy, you know, the characters from the movie, you know, as far as toys and, and merchandise. But they're still very popular. Um, I think, you know, when I grew up, everybody loved thumper and had a thumper. Like, a lot of my friends had thumper rabbit stuffed animals. So they that's a, a big seller there at, at Disney. Yeah. Well, and then I guess it's it's kind of a difficult story to integrate in some form of entertainment because it's so exactly. realistic <laughs> and it's not really a fairy tale that that's uh, the final thing that i want to say is that this is a disney movie that does not start with you know a fairy tale book opening and a once upon a time in this forest however you know the fact that bambi is a prince that kind of is the tie-in to the to the the, the fairy tale uh, theme but uh well, i think formally this is not a fairy tale no. Even though it ends well. <laughs> yeah, it, it does end well. And they and they take liberties, like you were saying, with the um, the Twitter-pated, you know, whereas the uh, real animal kingdom doesn't quite go and fall in love. But, you know, the, you know they, they had to make these characters fall in love. So. And that's a fairy tale. Well, that wraps it up for our first <laughs> part of The Secrets of Bambi. And as I said, in our second part, we will go in-depth and analyze the movie bit by bit and go uh, and explore the secrets of Bambi. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.